This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. And my friend, we have a little bit of reckless speculation, reckless speculation on this Monday. And we'll get into like last night's game. You know, the Wolves finally beat the brakes off a team that they were supposed to, which wasn't a guarantee. But uh, three days until the trade deadline, how are you feeling here? I'm so <laughs> I'm so excited because this this is one of the more fun weeks of the NBA, the trade deadline. This, the draft week, free agency. Um, it's always a little more eye-opening uh, to see everyone and their teenage cousin who has sources this week. Uh, so you got a lot of news you're trying to parse through, but... Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that like the Kyrie Irving thing, for example, that kind of happened yesterday. Just one day, a player demands a trade, and forty eight hours later, he's traded to a contender or whatever. And then it's just all cycles from there, and it's just it's so much fun because the news is some people like the transactions and the drama more than the actual games. So this is your week if you like that type of stuff. Yeah did you did you give any thought at all like when you saw Kyrie Irving is demanding a trade and it's likely going to happen the next week? Did you at all in your head think, okay, so? D'Lo, you could send D'Lo and Nas and uh, maybe, like, did, did did you have Kyrie to the Timberwolves enter your brain at all during that 48-hour stretch? Zero. And no. and not because I think he's lost a step. I mean, when he plays, he's fantastic. And not even because of specific situations or things he's gotten in trouble for, been in the news for. I just don't want that around Anthony Edwards. I don't think, I mean. He's so flaky. Like, forget about Earth is flat, conspiracy guy, yeah. like some of the, the the politically driven stuff. He's just such a flighty, unreliable, flaky guy, too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and has basically hit the nuke button on every team he's been a part of, literally going back to a championship contending team in, in Cleveland. That's where I went, was kind of at with he you. He went, I mean, Luka Doncic is awesome, and that's going to be a really interesting offensive fit. Defensively, he's going to be also very interesting. Uh he went to a worse team. And like that just that's what I mean by I don't want yeah. that around Ant is he left a top four seeded Nets team with a historic Kevin Durant year. I know he's hurt right now, but like that team could make some noise if KD and Kyrie were healthy enough. Um and he just I don't know, man. Again, the the flat earth stuff, all the things with the video and all these other things, like I'm not even focused on that. I'm just he quit. <laughs> he quit on this, you know what I mean? He he kinda quit on the Celtics. Um, he quit yeah. on the Cavs, and like he's still a really good player. It's just that's not what the, the Wolves aren't trying to get into that business. Um, and again, D'Lo for maybe his offensive or his on the court warts, a couple like you know turnovers, a little defense. Like he shows up, he plays, he gives you numbers. He he he's a good teammate. So no, I didn't even think about it. But good luck to Dallas. Good luck to Dallas. I think Sunday, it, February fifth, might be the first day that we put a pin in the eventual Luka Doncic trade demands down the road, but that might be a year or two from now. Yeah, I actually, I actually don't hate it for Dallas because they are kind of in desperation mode, mm-hmm. just looking mm-hmm. to, to put a second superstar next to Luka and, and capitalize on this before he maybe gets you know, his eyes set on greener pasture somewhere. So I, I get it for Dallas. I guess I get it for the Nets, too, just kind of wanting to be done. And if this, They're probably thinking, all right, if this means that KD eventually is going to want out, too, then whatever, we'll just finally hit the reset button. On this thing. But the latest report, you bring up D'Lo here. So this is from SI.com. Actually, it's our guy, uh, Joe Nelson from Bring Me the News, part of the Fan Nation wing of SI.com. And he is uh, aggregating a clip from Mark Stein's NBA Insider podcast, uh, This League Uncut podcast. I'm just going to read you this. You let me know what you think. The rumor mill hasn't been very hot. But that might be changing with a nugget from Mark Stein and his uh, fellow insider on his podcast, Chris Haynes. From what I'm told, the Clippers have been looking hard at D'Angelo Russell, said Stein. 
I think they have interest in Nas Reed as well, but all the signals from Minnesota have been that Nas Reed is not going to get moved. And then Joe Nelson goes on to speculate on some of the other players that could make sense uh, as part of this trade. So based on the reported offer of... uh, So he's doing some deducing here because the Clippers were in the mix potentially for Kyrie. And so... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That collection of players included Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, a future first-round pick, and some first-round pick swaps. So he's deducing correctly that Terrence Mann might be available. Luke Kennard, who he's been kind of hurt, but he's also like fallen out of their rotation a little bit, but he still mm-hmm. shoots like 45% from downtown. So is there something to be done here involving the expiring contract of D'Lo and the clip here's the thing with the clippers let me paint this and then I'll shut up and you can you can give me your thoughts <laughs> so the clippers are the second most expensive team in the nba and they're That's only crazy. like 3 games above 500 they're mm-hmm. just not getting the return on the roster and most of their contracts are locked in at least through next season so like right now the clippers are 40 million dollars over the luxury tax line and they're not really a championship con- contender right now so if your ownership front office right now, Steve Ballmer in the front office, are you saying, okay, if if you could make a move that clears out money next year, because right now they're like they're like thirty million dollars over next year's luxury tax before any offseason moves are made. So could you take on an expiring D'Angelo Russell contract, kick back some contracts that go through next year, and so they would get immediate relief from the luxury tax, at least to some extent. So to me, I could see an angle for the Clippers being how do we get better and how do we give ourselves some luxury tax relief over the next couple seasons. But what do you make of this? D'Lo, Kennard, Terrence Mann, there's other pieces that the Clippers could potentially trade as well. How does this hit you? I'm sure the Clippers are interested because not only some of the luxury tax stuff, the things you just outlined are, are so true, but I think Steve Ballmer's maybe one of the two or three guys in the league who doesn't care. I mean, yeah. he just he has shown an ability to just open paycheck or open checkbook and like he's building that new stadium I think all funded by himself so um yeah I think I think he doesn't care too much about that but from a fit style I think D'Angelo Russell would be awesome on the Clippers they're not an extremely fast high-paced team like Paul George and Kawhi aren't really like getting out in transition a lot so you have a guy who's a little more methodical running pick and roll who can spread the floor they've kind of abandoned the Reggie Jackson experiment they kick the tires on John Wall. That's gone okay. Um, they need a playmaking point guard. So he would fit well for them. I think this is more about the Clippers being like, hey, what would you want for Russell? More than the Wolves kind of dangling him out there. This is just you know week three, week four of saying the same thing. But I have no idea what Tim Connolly does with D'Angelo Russell because I don't know how you trade him this week. Uh, and that kicks the can down the road, but... Like like Kendrick Perkins said last week, this might be the best backcourt in the NBA in 2023. You continue to win games. I think I saw over the last 10 games, the Timberwolves have the number one defensive rating in the league. They're 7-3 and three wow. over that time. Like, I just, you know, I understand that if you're sitting in those meetings at Mayo Clinic Square and you're like, we're not going to re-sign D'Angelo Russell, he's not going to start for us next season, that you have to have these talks. But in the same vein, you're one game out of the four seed you're two games out of the three seed like yeah. and d'angelo russell played a big part in that so i know i sound like i'm repeating some takes here but uh i ju- it's such a difficult situation the, 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 you mentioned nas reed nas reed's the same thing like i don't think they'll move nas because i think they will try really hard to re-sign him and just figure out rotations and depth charts later on um but i think you know once the Kyrie irving thing dropped too like that's a big domino the Clippers need a point guard. The Lakers want a point guard. Like, all these teams still need guards. The, the Nets might want a point guard. Um, so D'Angelo Russell's name is going to be hot over these next couple days. But I just, I think things are going too well right now. If the, Wolf, the Wolves are 7-3 and three over their last 10, if they were 3-7 and seven and in 12th, I think they would just pull the trigger. But yeah. they got a good basketball team right now, and it's kind of gelling. And, I mean, they're already the winners of the trade deadline by acquiring Jordan McLaughlin. And that adds a wrinkle to all of this too. I know the Nuggets game, you can't really take anything away from, but I think they were like in the first half, they were plus 16 with Jordan McLaughlin in six minutes. Six like, minutes, yeah. And now again, you have that domino to throw in. Like, well, if we do move Dilo, we do have this other guy. That, so 
it's going to be the Wolves are going to be in every rumor for the next 72 hours because they have a guy who's on an expiring that can help teams now and, like you said, help their financial situation as well. So if they were to explore something like this, and again, we're just kind of speculating on the pieces that have been mm-hmm. reportedly available on the Clippers side uh, versus the, you know, you know, the value of the player that they would be getting here. So I don't know for there's a salary match aspect to this. And then there's sort of a a talent match aspect to this. If you were telling me straight up, like, could you trade two or three months of D'Angelo Russell for two years or I guess a year and a half guarantee? No, uh, man and Kennard are both signed, I believe for two additional years beyond this year. So you'd be getting like four total years of team control of those guys beyond this playoff stretch. And I could plug man in as just another versatile. That dude could play any number of like three or four different positions for you. He's just a versatile wing player that can play defense and shoot some threes. Luke Kennard can help you on those nights where your offense can't knock down a three-pointer. Boom, just like put that dude out on the, the wing or the corner. Anthony Edwards, point ant, brings two or three defenders in. Boom, Luke Kennard gets a bunch of wide-open catch and shoots. Like, I'm interested in that. I understand the things you're you're saying about D'Lo and the way that he's been playing the last couple months, but the wrench that you throw into this is to make this work from a money standpoint, Man and Kennard combine for $16.5 million in salary this year. Mm-hmm. D'Lo is $31 million, and both these teams are over the cap, so you have to find a way to match it's, salaries. Yeah. And so you start looking up and down the rest of these rosters. Okay, so the Clippers would have to kick back something else. And maybe the Clipper, the Clippers have a bunch of these guys like Robert Covington, twelve million dollars a year, also under contract next year. They got Marcus Morris making like fifteen million dollars, yep. also under contract next year. Nick Batum is in that twelve, eleven, twelve million dollar range. They have a bunch of these dudes who are making like you know eleven, twelve, fourteen million dollars that could help you close this financial gap. But do you want to take on three contracts that are guaranteed through next season? only giving up one contract back. Like, how does mm-hmm. that affect your rotation? Are you okay with having that many guys under contract next year that a couple of them might be old? So I don't know how they even they even really do this unless you bring a third team in and kick like kick Rocco over to a third team <laughs> right. and get some other value back. You know? well, and again, the one air, if you trade D'Angelo Russell, the one hole this team has is that point guard because you're losing your point guard. So Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Robert Covington, whatever, those are all kind of those two, three, four wings. Yeah. But if you believe Colin Anthony Towns is coming back, which I have every right to believe that I think he is, and you think that those two are going to start him and Rudy, which they will, and then say, well, Kyle Anderson's awesome, so like he probably has to start or play a lot. Jaden Ant, like I just TP, like if Jalen Noel sons, I just don't know where you find space. Like put it this way, if you did somehow trade D'Lo for those three guys, Covington, Kennard, Terrence Mann, two of them probably just get DNPs. Because you just literally don't have the minutes. Jaden has to play 35 minutes and has to play 35 minutes. So Kyle Anderson has to play. Condren yeah. has to play until his back gives out. So yeah. it's just it's a weird situation where it's like if D'Lo, I guess we're we're all focused on these D'Lo trades to another team. My thought is if D'Lo gets traded, it has to be like a three team thing. It has to be where D'Lo goes there, a couple contracts go over there, and then the Wolves get. That's why the Kyle Lowry thing, even though Kyle Lowry is like to me completely done and cooked, yeah. he at least could play point guard. Um, so if you're, you just, I don't know. And I just don't think it's a time where you want to be like, okay, we're just going to make Ant the point guard. That seems aggressive. Would be nice to have some real actual kind of ball handlers next to him as well. Um, and Jordan McLaughlin's not ready for that yet. I mean, I know he wants to ramp up, but he's on a minutes restriction tomorrow in Denver. Yeah. So if you don't have a point guard, that's kind of a big deal. So stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Denver, let's throw this one out too. So let's just clear the reckless speculation bag. Okay. Here, reckless so Bowens Highland is now, ca- Bowens Highland on nights where four of the five starters are sitting out for load management, Bowens Highland is catching DNP CDs. That's crazy. That was so and, crazy. And, you know, I know Doogie has reported this, our mutual friend and, and score contributor, that Tim Connolly loves himself some Bowens Highland. He's mm-hmm. been kind of the hidden gem, you know, electric player that has risen up from, from uh, where he started two years ago. But... It, the red flags going off right now for me you, he basically just has nuked the bridge with this team in mm-hmm. two years. And um, you got Jamal Murray tweeting cryptic things about how <laughs> you got to know your role or whatever. Yep. 
I don't know. Like Bones Highland as a talent is fascinating. Bones Highland as a personality accepting a role on a team is a big giant question mark right now. But there have been some rumblings of listen, if you if you feel like you have to trade a Nas Reed, mm-hmm. would you would there be a Nas Reed Bones Highland swap in in play? And maybe there's some other pieces involved too. But Bones Highland connected to the Timberwolves the last few weeks. What are your thoughts on that? I'm always excited. I I think a, if you and I were running a team, I guess our record would matter. But like I would try to trade for Bones Highland. He is really good. He is like contract controlled for the next couple of years, not making a lot of money. And I think he's 22. Um, so a good team should go get him. I don't think Denver really wants to trade him, but they've come to this mutual agreement where we need to address some holes on our roster because we think we can win the title and you don't want to fill one of those holes, unfortunately. I mean, like even last night when they the Nuggets had no one playing, they just played like Bruce Brown at point guard and he was mm-hmm. awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the only thing the Wolves could really do, I'm biased and probably a homer here, but like, I wouldn't trade Nas Reed straight up for Bones Highland in a million years. Like, you would have to give me, not only, I think the contracts would work, but you'd have to give me other stuff. Nas Reed is, in my mind, like a starting center. He would back up Jokic. But to to Denver's point, they would say, wait a second, Nas Nas Reed's a -a rent-a-player for us. Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. A -a rent-a-player who could help them maybe win a championship, Mm -hmm. but he's an unrestricted free agent, right? Yeah. I agree with you. If the contracts were equal... Give me Nas Reed right now mm-hmm. over Bones Highland. I think Bones Highland might have the higher ceiling if you were mm-hmm. to. But what's the percent chance he hits it? Um, and he's under he's under team control for two more seasons after this at two point three and four million dollars. That's massive. That's the appealing thing, right? If yep. you know that you can have strong contributors around all these expensive players the next two years that are only making two and a half, three, four million dollars, and have that type of of security locked in, that's that would be appealing to the Timberwolves. So I, I get that aspect of it. The the Minnesota Timberwolves for two decades ho- always had the easiest trade deadlines in my mind because they sucked. So then it's just like, <laughs> oh, let's just get rid of all the guys who aren't going to be here past July 1st and let's get some picks. You're in a real tough spot because you've put yourself in contender status or all-in status by getting Gobert. You're actually playing really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if they didn't care about anything and were just like, let's just do what's best long-term, they would probably trade D'Lo just because they want to figure out that salary slot or their long-term point guard. They would go get Bones. They would do these things. But, like, yeah, how does how does Bones Highland fit on this roster over the next two months? If you got him this summer, I'd be amped because yeah. I think he's a good— again, you add him to your core of Ant and Jaden and maybe Nas Reed still and Bones. Like, that's a really nice core, plus you have these veterans trying to win now. But it's just—it's a tough scenario. I don't think Nas Reed gets traded— because I really I do think more and more that they will come to an agreement, even if it is like, I don't know if you saw this, but he was like maybe asking for like north of 10. So let's say four for 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think you pay that and just figure it out later. Like if you if you sign them to that deal, you don't pay the luxury tax that day. You get time to like get under the tax again. But yeah. I, just, uh, I just don't think I would do it. So maybe if they would do Jalen Noel, who would accept a role, I mean, Jalen plays a little point guard, too. Like, maybe if it was Jalen Noel in two seconds for Bones Highland, because now you get Bones for two years and Jalen's a free agent, I would do that. But outside of that, I don't really know what else you could offer or I would offer. Oh, inject this right into my vein. So fascinating. What if Brooklyn called you and said D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons? <laughs> oh, my God. There's, they are polar opposite players, right? Because... If you were just looking for another lockdown defensive presence, but someone that would that would never take a shot ever in the fourth quarter, nor do you want him to, what do you need more of? I almost feel like the Wolves need that that because Ant can't carry it every night offensively. Mm-hmm. But if but when Cat comes back, oh man, I wouldn't do it. Ben, I, I think... ben Simmons a year or two ago, I think I would have been much more in on mm-hmm. than this current sort of. I don't know. Shell just, of himself version of Ben. Well, you can't play Ben Simmons and Kyle Anderson together, and at least Kyle, Kyle Anderson is kind of Ben Simmons in a way. Yeah. Um, but he plays, and again, we're at a weird level. I've already ranted on this, but we're at a weird time in the NBA where, like, you have to also factor in who is going to put their shoes on every other night. And Ben Simmons doesn't seem like a guy who wants to do that. So I just thought I'd kind of tease you with that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a, they're in a weird spot. Nas. Um, I don't, you know, we've, we've talked about trading a big time player like 
if you gave up on the Rudy Gobert thing or you traded Carl, I think all that stuff always happens in the summer. Started to hear more of that from like Bobby Marks at ESPN or Zach Lowe saying big, big, big trades now will probably happen in the summer because that's when teams are more willing to do big packages and these picks and stuff. So I don't think there's anything big, but the D'Angelo Russell thing, man, I think about it. This is embarrassing. I think about it way too much because he has given them everything they need right now. But long term, you can't really afford to just lose him in that salary slot. So they're, again, for the ninth time, they're going to be tied to everyone over these next couple of days and teams that we're probably not even think of, right? Like, again, maybe Brooklyn, you know, do they flip? Because the, the Kyrie Irving trade hasn't been made official yet, so they could tie in, like, a third team. That's, like, a cool little nugget of how this all works. Like, would Brooklyn send Spencer Dinwiddie to Minnesota for Kyrie or for D'Angelo Russell and get, you know— D'Angelo Russell's best year was in Brooklyn when they had one of their best years as well. So lots of moving pieces. Lots of guys are going to be listed, but just don't trade Nandres. That's like my, as I'm begging you, please just keep him figured out. I want to, I want to, I want to put my, my official take on the record here about Ben Simmons. So I thought <laughs> oh, I when, I, when I was thinking about this, I thought his contract ran through next year. So I was, I was thinking two years of Ben Simmons, like a year and a half of Ben Simmons. And then you, and you kind of clear the decks because you're going to have to make room for the Anthony Edwards extension, the mm-hmm. Jay McDowell's extension. Um, Simmons' contract runs for two additional seasons beyond this year, and it peaks at $40 million in 2024-25. That's the year that right now the Timberwolves, with with only four players accounted for, Gobert, Cat, Anthony Edwards' estimated uh, first-year max, and then Jay McDaniel's $20, $25 million on his next contract. That puts them... $9 million over the salary cap, $20 million from the luxury tax with, what, 8 to 10 additional roster spots to account for? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine plopping another $40 million <laughs> on top of that for a guy that Who won't is shoot 40 shots one, in a season. <laughs> a one-way player. He's an excellent defensive player yeah. and mm-hmm. remains an excellent defensive player. But you could not put him and Rudy on the, on the same court at the same time. So, um that's my it, again. It uh, put that it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I would imagine that any guy that is circled on your trade deadline list of maybe Nas, Jalen Noel, D'Angelo Russell, if those guys are still here past Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, it does increase their likelihood of also staying here long term because I don't think I don't know. Tim Connolly did like a one on one with Chris Hine from the Star Tribune over the weekend, mm-hmm. and I just you know. A lot of times those things are – Chris did a great job, but sometimes they don't really say things. And, and Chris had kind of asked him questions about D'Lo and, you know, you got this really good point guard that's on an expiring contract and stuff. And, you know, what do you think in long term? And he just kind of skirted the answer a little bit. Like, oh, I see him in the gym every day. He's working hard and he's giving us everything we need. But he didn't like – you know, he was like, yeah. hey, would you, would, you, would you keep this guy long term? He's like, ah, oh, you know, Chris – Long term's hard to define. You know what? 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 Are we all going to be here long term? So, right. how about how about beyond February ninth? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Will he yeah. be getting a check from you on Monday? So yeah. it, it'll be interesting. But yeah, they they. I'd be shocked honestly at this point. I know the Jordan McLaughlin thing was like a joke, but that's a really big acquisition for them. Like he, they have a backup point guard now. I don't think it's any coincidence that Jalen Noel was immediately a plus thirty five last night against the Nuggets. Uh, 16 points, four assists, zero turnovers. Uh, everyone just kind of finds their role now. So it's the unsexy thing I know, but this might just be the roster that you wake up to on Friday morning. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be fascinating to to monitor here over the, over the next few days. Um, speaking of Jordan McLaughlin, I think it's time for our uh, Timberwolves stat porn segment of the week here, my friend. So... Jordan McLaughlin, you already brought it up. He was a plus 16 in his first six-minute stint last night. On the season, when Jordan McLaughlin is on the court versus off the court, the Timberwolves' net rating per 100 possessions is 17 points better when he is on the court. Seventeen. He's a plus 17 points per 100 possessions net rating on the court versus off the court. And what's crazy is he's mostly playing with the second unit. Mm-hmm. Now he's also playing against second units more often, just because of you know the nature of his role. But what a, have you ever seen a Timberwolves player or any player in the NBA really, for that matter, that 
on a nightly basis, you can look at their box score and it's like, ah, he, you know, he played like 19 minutes. He scored two points and uh, dished out three assists and he can't shoot. So he really doesn't. And he was a plus 17. That, that was <laughs> like that, every night. That's a good way to put it. Cause you look at his box score and anyone listening to this that didn't watch the game or isn't a Timberwolves fan has got to think we're crazier than ever or the dumbest people ever. Cause he had two points, three assists and one turnover. That's it. He took two shots, made one of them, missed a three, didn't get to the foul line. But Jalen Noel's plus 35 playing a lot of his minutes with him. Torian Prince is a plus 23 playing a lot of his minutes with him. He just kind of organizes and keeps everyone structured to do what they do better and best. Uh, and it's a fascinating thing. Again, they, they kind of debuted him uh, against in a game that was one of the worst basketball games ever. I mean, the Nuggets clearly made... Uh, took a, or made a message to the league, like, we're not even sending our guys to Minnesota. They just kept them in Denver. But uh, this week when they play, like, the Nuggets and the Jazz and a couple other, like, and the Grizzlies, Jordan McLaughlin's role is just going to continue to develop and grow. Uh, and they're, they're getting him at the perfect time. The perfect time was they kind of head on the road for this road-heavy uh, schedule. Um, but just incredible stuff. I don't really know what it is. He really defies, I don't know. Not even analytics, because the analytics love him, but he just defies box score and eye test. He's not that big. He's not that fast. He's not that, you know, strong. And he just makes everyone around him better, and I love that stuff. Yeah. What do you think? So, you know, what's uh, what, what's his max speed, if you will? Like, you know, can you <laughs> can you drive that car 120 miles an hour, or is, is, is that car performing well? because you're only driving at 55 miles an hour in the right lane. You know, th- does my question make sense? Like, like at what point does Jordan McLaughlin provide, uh, like, is there diminishing value on the return? Because right now he's playing, what, f- maybe 15, 20 minutes. If, he, if mm-hmm. he comes back at full strength and the calf feels good and he's the second point guard, like, some nights he might play 25 minutes, but mostly it's less. If you were to give him... 35 minutes a night for a consistent run. Would you start to see some some major erosion there, do you think? That's another question that has to be discussed this week. Is Because he said it uh, last night. He's like, my plan is to be off this minutes restriction before the All-Star break. And the All-Star break, I think, is starts next Friday. Um, but yeah, the to, to answer that, but to kind of lump in Kyle Anderson, the question would be if you move D'Angelo Russell prior to Thursday, is can we get... 48-ish minutes of point guard from Kyle Anderson, Jordan McLaughlin, and then, you know, Ant unofficially. So, you know, if if Carl does come back in a couple weeks, would you just run a lineup of, you know, Kyle Anderson, Ant, Jaden, Carl, and Rudy, have no official point guard, and then, you know, maybe sub Kyle out first and bring Jordan McLaughlin in and then kind of sprinkle in all the second uh, kind of tier guys or whatever? That's something they have to figure out. I don't know if Jordan McLaughlin can be your 35-minute-a-night starting point guard in any season. Could he do it for a week? Sure. But again, we're learning this more and more, especially when you watch bench units coming across any... I mean, even the Nuggets last night playing their second-tier guys. Second-tier guys usually look better against second-tier guys or sprinkled in for against first-tier guys. I just don't know if Jordan McLaughlin can give you 75 games of 35 minutes a night because he isn't that... I mean, he's not that big. He's not that fast. Like, that stuff matters in terms of durability as well, so... It's great to have him back. He is, I mean, I think he had a standing ovation last night. Yeah, if I, I said <laughs> this on Center? Mackie and Judd today, I'm so proud of Timberwolves fans. So good. That shows the high IQ of Timberwolves yes, fans. That Jordan 100%. McLaughlin, even though he only scores like three points and can't shoot, uh, that that he is, he's appreciated as that if was so he cool. is this important piece. And he is an important piece, but he is appreciated on the level he's supposed to be. That yeah. was, uh, and I think that was very touching. He was all over Twitter saying how much he loves being in Minnesota. But that was that was truly like, Again, we're hanging banners for anything with this franchise. I would have hung a banner that said the fans gave Jordan McLaughlin a standing <laughs> ovation because that was really cool, and he came in and delivered right away. Um, real quick, uh, before we get into how Jordan McLaughlin slices and dices opposing defenses <laughs> on a regular basis, let's talk about our friends here at Vivrant. Okay, I've been telling you about this for a few weeks now. It's an incredible service, a new service, online knife sharpening that my wife and I discovered a few weeks back. It's a Minnesota-based company. They actually have a, a, a store in YZ where you can go in, you can talk to Joseph, the owner, and uh, it's not just about knife sharpening there. It's about skills classes. They have Japanese knives, but 
This is a game changer for those of you like us that are just looking to be better in the kitchen. Just spend more time in the kitchen, less time ordering on the food apps. Maybe maybe go out to eat two extra times fewer so that you can be healthier and just uh, be better adults, if you will. So we mailed our knives in with the uh, mailman safe packaging that Vivron <laughs> provided. This was all done within a few days. You mail your knives in, they send you replacement knives, and then they sharpen those knives professionally. This is a service that we didn't know we needed, and now it's going to be a regular thing for us so that we can have a heightened experience in the kitchen. I mean, all of you have knives out there. Did you know you could just get them sharpened professionally and heighten your experience in the kitchen? Check them out at vivrant.com, V-I-V-R-O-N-T.com, vivrant.com. The next 50 of you Flagrant House listeners to order uh, with the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, receive your fifth knife sharpened for free. And every order that Vivrant supports pays off um, school lunch account balances across our local schools. So vivrant.com, support them, support us all in one, and get those knives sharpened. Kyle? Did you, uh, I sent you that text, right, from the basketball reference graph again that posts all the faces and heads. Yes. You see my guy, Jaden McDaniels, just far, far upper right corner. That's a, again, if you go look on Basketball Reference Twitter page, they did this cool chart. It basically said Jaden McDaniels is hands down the best wing defender in the league this year. And that's on top of last night, kind of a viral video going around where he locked down this dude for the Nuggets. I think it was, I can't remember who it was. It was maybe Conchar. Um, it looked like if I, it looked truly like if I was trying to dribble against Jaden. Yeah. Conchar couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> 24 shot clock basically went off, and Jaden just put him in the gulags, basically. So, uh, yes. I don't know. And there were some Denver fans or Denver media people that cover the team really well that last night was like, man, you know what the, you know what the Nuggets need? They need a Jaden McDaniels. So it makes me feel better about all the picks that they sent out to keep Jaden because he has been – he really is now. We'll talk about that after the deadline. He is all defensive team. Like, he is one of the yeah. 10 best defenders in the league. And, God, man, if they would have – sent him out but kept i don't know maybe two picks and a pick swap they wouldn't have been made fun of nearly as much as they are now because of all the picks they gave out but they would be so much worse without him oh my god think about how bad you feel that they traded walker kessler and he's this immediate beast right Mm -hmm. if you would have also any trade you know jared vanderbilt and if you had also traded Jaden mcdaniels it was a huge win and some of these some of these guys are still continuing well, I mean, we touched on this last week when you went on an excellent and epic rant about the <laughs> national media coverage of this team. And it has continued over the weekend, too. And again, I hate, I really don't want to be like the Wolves victim fan right. guy. Yep. The Wolves generally have earned every ounce of negative uh, um, coverage or yep. critique that they have gotten the last 30 years. So the Wolves have brought it all upon themselves. But again, we have, so Bill Simmons put out his... Uh, trade value rankings sometime in the last few days. Oh, yep. On, yep. And he, he puts these all into categories. And the first name in the first category, which is the buyer's remorse trade value category, is Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and it just goes on. You know, the contract is genuinely, unequivocally offensive. He famously cannot survive certain playoff matchups. His Minnesota impact is shakier than we ever imagined, and yet they stupidly gave up everything for him. It's already one of the 21st century's worst sports trades. How could they trade him now? It's like watching a buddy splurge on a fancy pool table that doesn't quite fit in the room. It will immediately lose 76% of its value, and nobody will ever use it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. The Timberwolves are two games out of the three seed in the Western Conference right now. And have the best defensive rating over the last 10 games. And if you take their defensive rating when Rudy Gobert is on the court and compare it to every team's like defensive rating this season, it would be one of the two or three best defenses in the league. So how can we sit here and continue to say this? And they held on to Jaden McDaniels. Okay, uh-huh. they give up picks. I'm not saying that they like fleeced the Jazz by any means. They may have lost the value of the trade. Mm-hmm. But doesn't this deserve to play itself out for at least, I don't know, a full season before we start to come in here with the... Oh, the book is closed on how dumb this trade was takes. That's what keeps bothering me about this. It's like some of these national talking heads who cover the NBA, it's like they wrote the Wolves story on December 31st, and there's nothing else to be talked about, even though they've been one of the two or three best teams in the league since December 31st. It's the iPhone software analogy. It's the fact that 
everyone is still using the December 2022 playbook or textbook or that software, iOS 16. It's like, dude, we're on iOS 18 now. Like, update your phone. Like, the Wolves are actually <laughs> figuring this all out. I think we haven't done the standings update yet, but I think the Wolves, there are 17 teams, I believe, that have a worse record than the Wolves. Um, what does that mean right now? Nothing. But what it, what it does mean is that 17 teams, like, that means the Wolves, that pick they're giving up this year, again, a multi-year experiment, a multi-year plan with this Gobert thing. But this pick that they're probably going to give up this summer is going to be meh. Like, it's it's going to yeah. be 20, right, or 19. Like, yes, you have – Jaden McDaniels was 28th. I understand that. Leandro Balmero was also selected ahead of him, and he doesn't play at all, and he'll go overseas when his contract is done. So, I don't know. I, I, I have cooled down. I went for some walks. Uh, I started drinking again, which, I don't know, made me feel better, ironically. Oh, it kind of helps, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just, just the way they're covered. And then to do that trade value thing – and the first name, he just he kicked it off. Like you said, Rudy Gobert, terrible, bad trade, bad contract. Not even like a Jaden McDaniels in the honorable mention thing. And the way that trade value thing is figured out is like contracts matter, age matters. And it's like everything you see now is you, ha- you basically have one of the 10 best defenders in the league on your roster. Yeah. And he's not even, what, one of the 70? I guess because what that was saying is like you would trade Rudy Gobert for Jaden straight up. It's like, no. You know what I mean? Like the guys that are listed on that, like, Bill Simmons is saying he wouldn't trade those guys straight up for Jaden. It's like, are you kidding me? Some of the guys on those lists were old and bloated contracts. So you know I've made funny? my piece, but thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, la- yeah. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's. I thought about it more over the weekend, and then there was that graphic that the, the ESPN ABC broadcast put out of star players and missed games, right? And it was like these nine star players who've missed 25, 30, 40. And hell, I've been as critical of Carl Anthony Towns as anyone, but he he. So he's. He went from being an all NBA player to just like not even making and it's some producer put together a graphic and people are all worked up. But, you know, that's how just not top of mind this franchise is. But, you know, last year during the playoffs, I felt like the whole year people were just like not talking about the Timberwolves, sleeping on the Timberwolves locally. We're sitting here saying, I think they're going to beat Memphis in the first round. Mm-hmm. They should have beat Memphis in the first round if they didn't mm-hmm. blow a 26 point lead. But people discovered Anthony Edwards for the first time since draft night in the playoffs last year. I remember when Stephen A. came on first take the morning after one of those big wins against Memphis, and he was like, oh, 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 I have discovered. Have you guys seen this (laughs) Anthony Edwards guy? This guy can play, right? And I feel like if they can get deep into a first-round playoff series or win one, Jade McDaniels is going to be that guy for national media. That like Not even the Rosillos and the... Bill Simmons, who follow this thing on a regular basis, pay attention to him. But if they win a first-round playoff series against the Kings or something, it'll be in large part because of his defensive clamps. And people are going to be like, well, this, have you seen this this lanky fellow with the Timberwolves? He's just in there playing lockdown perimeter defense, grabbing rebounds, hitting corner threes. got to check out this Jaden McDaniels guy. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith sounded like he was Christopher Columbus, like, I discovered this new land. It's like, dude, there's people already living here, my guy. Um, Yeah, so that was the ant thing. But, no, I'm with you. And, like, I tweeted out that graphic as well, and some people were like, well, Carl's not a star or whatever. I was like, whatever you want to say, he's an all-NBA guy that missed games. And I think he's, you know, won more playoff games or been in more playoff series than, like, Zion. And Zion's great, and Zion might be the future. But, again, to my original point of all this stuff is that Zion doesn't play basketball. Yeah. He's had a bunch of injuries. He'll probably figure it out and have a great career, but like that's why Ant's so great. Still hasn't missed a game. Suits up every night. Carl, for the most part, up until this was being his major, first major injury, he had some other stuff too, but I also think during the Rosas time, they were tanking a little bit and kind of keeping him down. But uh, just, yeah, I mean, one, one thing after another. The Friday trade deadline stuff, the Rosillo pod last week, the graphic, just all-encompassing. But, um, you know, as my dad told me, like, you're 7-3, and three, you got to win games. Um it's, you know, if the biggest issue you have is that your best player eats hot Cheetos, that's far better than your best player, uh, I guess, using red dot scopes on team officials. Oh, so, my God. How about uh, that, I will uh, take Anthony Edwards. I will take Conte Towns, and I will move forward with this fun, feisty, somewhat young, competitive team. Uh, you did allude to the Western Conference playoff picture update. And right now, the Timberwolves still caught in just a washing machine of teams from the three seed all the way down to the 12, 13 seed. So there are 
five games separating the three seed Kings from the 13 seed Lakers right now. Mm-hmm. And the Wolves are pretty much smack dab in the middle, tied for the six seed with the Mavericks. So Kings, seven games back of the Nuggets in the three seed. Clippers, a game back of the Kings. Uh, the Suns are a game and a half back of the Kings. And then the Mavericks and the Timberwolves are tied a half game ahead of the Warriors and the Pelicans in a full game up on the Jazz. Blazers, Thunders, Lakers, uh, Thunder, Lakers coming in behind them. So they are on a night-to-night basis. This You could be the four seed and then down to the nine seed. And the upcoming stretch of games, you already alluded to this too. It's a road trip, four-game road trip at Denver, and you're going to get the actual Denver team in this yep. game tomorrow night. And then a back-to-back going to Utah. So, like, if you're not careful, you could slip up here pretty easily. You got at Denver, at Utah, at Memphis, at Dallas with Kyrie here. Can you go two and two and just kind of keep this thing going? Stay a couple yep. games over 500 here. That's kind of my – if they can go two and two over this stretch, come home against Washington, Charlotte, and, and take the games you're supposed to. I would sign up for that right now. And, and when you look at the standings, yeah, you know, the Mavs are technically tied with the Wolves, just acquired Kyrie Irving. Let's see. I think it could be fun on the court, but I think they could also have some defensive issues. Um, Golden State Warriors was just announced over the weekend that Steph's out a minimum probably of four weeks. Yeah. That's not nothing. Um, the Utah Jazz might be sellers. After kind of the fun start they've had, they might be like, you know what, we really want to throw ourselves back into the lottery. So, again, you're right. Just – you might just be at a point where you just need to tread water the rest of the entire season um, because people around you in the pool might not tread as well as you, as dumb as that sounds. Golden State, even the Pelicans, the Jazz. We'll see what happens with Dallas. The Suns, I mean, they were, we didn't even mention this, the Suns were apparently reportedly offered Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving, so they might have some internal drama to, to deal with. But, uh, yeah, that you know, again, I say, I'll say this every week while we do this podcast this season. They are one Pistons win away from being the four seed. That just seems yeah. like the new trend. Um, but then you get a night like last night against the Nuggets where the Nuggets just said, we're going to give you the game, and the Wolves did what actually a good team should do. They were never really down or up by less than 10, one by 30, and got to rest. Um, we got to see Josh Minot dunk for once. So I was super drunk off that. But, uh, yeah, they just did this next, I think it's six games until the the tra- or the All-Star break wraps up at home against the Wizards. You just need to try to go 500 throughout that, steal a win if you can. I mean, you match up well against the Nuggets too, right? Like, there's no reason you can't go into Denver and beat them. Um, we'll see who Utah even has on Wednesday. But I love doing the standing stuff because without Anthony Edwards playing all 56 games, I don't really know where this team is right now. Um, it would, it would, they would not be in the seven seed. So yeah. he's been great. D'Lo's been great. Rudy has come on and been awesome despite what, you know, the national talking heads think. So just got to keep... One one win at a time. Um, do we even we haven't even mentioned yet? We should probably close with this, unless you got something else. Um, the fight. Oh, that's right. That should have yeah, been first you... on our agenda. That's on me. That's on me. I was kind of lazy with work today, but uh, Austin Rivers mixing it up. Good, I good, thought so. Good I way to promote one... your podcast. We one of us should fight someone. <laughs> That'd be great. We should. Who's, can we go? There's someone. Some other podcast out there. <laughs> go just go punch a player. Um, so I think I, I saw one of the players on someone had tweeted like, well, I'd love to know what Mo Bamba said to Austin Rivers to spark that kind of like to walk over to the bench like that. Mm-hmm. And apparently, and again, this is all just like me reading stuff, three glasses of wine deep on Saturday night <laughs> social media. And apparently uh, Mo Bamba said something like, you know, this ain't high school anymore. I'm going to go ahead and guess. So one of his teammates on the bench said, that's all he said. I'm going to go ahead and guess that Austin Rivers in his 10 years in the NBA has heard worse insults and not walked over and, like, tried to fight the entire bench. So maybe it'll remain a mystery what he actually said to him, but I'm going to guess it was a little stronger than what the what his teammates were trying to yeah. portray. I was uh, That was the first night I started drinking wine again, and I would have legally not been allowed to do a live podcast after that because I was pretty worked up because not only did they you know lose that game against a magic team that we had kind of predicted like this magic team is feisty um but to get more guys ejected than the other team was just another like salt in the wound of lack of respect um but i'd never seen i mean i don't i don't know if i'm aging i've never seen a guy just come off the bench and just sucker punch or just throw a punch at a guy that was crazy it was cool to see guys i mean Anthony Edwards picked up Cole Anthony like he was a beanie baby and just kind of pulled him off the pile. Rudy got in there. TP loves to mix it up. 
Jaden was in. I was scared Jaden McDonald's was going to kill someone. Uh, but yeah, that <laughs> I, we needed to bring that up at least because that was a WTF moment of like what I mean. Grady, shout out to friend of the pocket, but Michael Grady just continues to be awesome in his rookie season with this Timberwolves team. But like the camera, pat, no one even brought this up by the way since that happened. The Wolves had one of the five most embarrassing turnovers of all time. Rudy had like gotten the ball, couldn't get it to a guard, dribbles one step up, turns and pass, bounce passes it to Anthony Edwards between Ant's legs, out of bounds. Everyone's like, oh my God, what are you doing? And then Grady's like, fight! And all of a sudden the camera turns and Austin <laughs> Rivers is under nine guys. So that was a cool moment. Um, Austin, I think, has two more games on his suspension, but they could use yeah. him back as well in this point guard mix. But I just had to get your thoughts on it because that was crazy. No, I've never I think, seen that before. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, sometimes I think... No one actually wants to fight. Well, but, there has Mo to be history there yeah. or something. Like I, I don't, I don't buy that it was just some innocuous comment because you hear mm-hmm. these guys make comments to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. I want to know what was actually said. Otherwise, it's hard to judge. But yeah, I mean, you know, Austin Rivers just stepped up to literally the whole team with no backup. So I guess that, so was, that shows you maybe in some way this can bring everyone together and like all right. Well, well listen, when, when it was the magic and it was a terrible loss, really. So. It was a terrible loss. Uh, and Austin, I've never actually I didn't know guys that got ejected would do post game media. He went 15 minutes deep after the game and like answered a lot of questions. I thought he handled himself yeah. pretty well because he talked about right away. He's like, I'm embarrassed. Like I let my team down. I probably the reason we lost. I don't know if that's true, but uh, yeah, it was just it was a. A weird situation. You don't really see that type of stuff happen. Um, and you get concerned all the time when Jaden's on the bottom of a pile or Ant's in there. But, yeah, I don't know. I always love it because I know these guys don't actually want to fight. I guess Mo Bamba did run behind the hallway, like, looking for some yeah. smoke. But uh, it was just a cool moment to see those guys kind of all gel. Because from what I had heard, like, after the locker room, like, they were mad that people got ejected. But they kind of did have each other's back. So whether it be the players-only meeting or, you know, the Sheck West, Mo Bamba fight, Having those little moments maybe are something you look back on down the road. You you know it has a little extra feel though when when the guy goes into the tunnel afterwards looking mm-hmm. for more smoke. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a little more history there than well. In the way Target Center's like both there's two entrances to the quarter of and they just both circle back. Uh, if you've ever been in the hallway, like the Wolves locker room and the opposing locker room are essentially right next to each other. Yeah. Some other arenas have them kind of in different chunks of the arena. They're right next to each other. So if Austin goes that way and Mo Bamba goes that way. They, it's a horse track, basically. Like, you're going to meet back up at one point. So yeah. uh, would have been great to have a camera back there. But, yeah, those guys don't want to fight. Uh, i just never seen someone come off the bench and just take a massive swing at someone. Usually if you're fighting, you're playing. But, you know. The Malice stuff. at the Palace, you had some guys uh, from the crowd coming in and sucker punching players and vice versa. That was unprecedented. One, one more schedule best, note, too. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's one of the best 30 for 30s and all that stuff. Like, the Malice of the Palace stuff was, I can't get enough of that because that was old school. I'm dating myself again, but, like, that was, like, pre-social media or, like... It was. It, it was, was like, just... It was, like, MySpace and and it was right around the time where you had Facebook, maybe, but only, mm-hmm. like, colleges in the Northeast with college logins had. Yeah. So it was, like, early I was like social media. playing Call of Duty in my parents' basement and, like, turned over to Sports Center and, like... They had it. I mean, they were taking it very seriously. It was a very serious moment in time. But yeah. I remember just like I couldn't get enough of that coverage because you got more and more. And like you didn't have behind the scenes. You didn't have people going on IG. But crazy moment. And the thirty for thirty was great. But yeah. tell me your schedule watch- thing. I remember watching it with my college roommates in our in our uh, U of M apartment, just being like, "What the hell is?" <laughs> we were like rubbing our eyes, like, "Are they? What is happening right now?" Is that turtle is from fighting Entourage? a fan? Yeah. Um, so this is one thing to note. That's definitely. Of consequence. So the Timberwolves play only nine home games the rest of the season. Between now and April 9th, they play only nine home games. They play nine home games, 17 road games. On the season, the Wolves are 9-15 and on the road. So if they were to sort of match the record that they have to this point on the road, they would win maybe nine or ten games the rest of the season. Um, Actually, I take that back because they would – they would win two thirds of their home games. So let's say they would go six and if they play the same pace, they'd go six and yep. three yep. at home, and then they would go of the seventeen on the road. Uh, let's call it six and eleven, something like that. They'd win twelve games the rest of the way, which would put them exactly five hundred forty-one and forty-one. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to have to win more than that to avoid uh, the play-in cluster bleep. So th- I guess my point is they don't play very many home games the rest of the way. 
a lot of the road games they do play are against some of the best teams in the NBA and the Western Conference. They need to be better than they have been so far on the road if they want to stay out of the play-in fray. Something to watch. Yep. No, and the looking ahead at the schedule, um, I've started to learn now, like, a month ago, I'd have been like, oh, my God, they have two more Golden State games. Those could be brutal. Well, at yeah. least one of them won't have Steph. Um, you never know. Like, Brooklyn's on the, on the schedule. They don't have Kyrie. You don't know if Toronto's going to you know burn it down. Um, they do end with, like, a San Antonio, Brooklyn, Portland, at Lakers thing. So, yeah, it's not going to get easier. Like, the, there's no point where going back to the treading water thing, you're going to be in the three-foot section of the pool. You're going to have to continue to kick and win as many games as possible. I think – I'll just say it right now, jinx or whatever. Like, I don't think there's any fear of falling out of the top 10 for good um, because you're going to see a couple teams maybe become secret sellers here yeah. prior to Thursday. But every win matters. And even if you do play a Nuggets team that sat all their guys, do, taking care of business, um, you don't have a lot of take care of business games anymore, but the Wizards are one. I think the Hornets are on the schedule. That's one. Like, you do need to ne- – there cannot be any more Pistons games. There can be no more Rockets games. You have to beat all of the inferior opponents – uh, just to kind of keep, you know, competitive in this crazy, crazy West. Yeah. There it is. Another That's episode it. of Flagrant Howls. Very therapeutic at times. Very speculative at times here. Let us know in the YouTube comment section or just hit us up on Twitter, too. Does that Clippers trade scenario, I know it wasn't very specific, but does that interest you at all? Is there is there something there or would you just ride out Delo's hot hand and figure it out in the offseason? Let us know, and please click the like button and the subscribe button to help spread the word on this YouTube channel, Scornoth YouTube channel. And if you could, too, one more request, a five-star rating and a positive yes. review on Apple Podcasts on Flagrant Howls. Help spread the word even further about this community of crazy wolves. Fans. So, <laughs> all right, my friend, uh, we'll do it again later on this week. And yeah, safe travels. We'll probably, my guess is we'll probably just wait till after the trade deadline and, and hit you guys up. Maybe okay, like, yeah later on that day or something you and i'll figure out a schedule that works here because i'm also going to be making a trek to minneapolis on friday so we'll see we'll, we'll figure it out maybe we'll you can do our, the next we'll, episode my parents basement. <laughs> yeah stop in grand forks yeah no we'll we'll do some uh post trade deadline stuff you're going to see the wolves very active in the next 72 hours and then we'll kind of react to all of it and then all of a sudden you pivot right back into playoff basketball for two months trying to you know head above water stay in the standings all that stuff so it's a really exciting time to be following this team Let's get it. All right. He's Kyle. I'm Phil. Thanks for hanging out with us on your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant Howls.